Section 122 of United States Senate Election Expulsion and Censure Cases, 1793-1990, by Anne M. Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Case 120, George L. Berry, 1882-1948, Tennessee. Election Case, Appointment, May 11, 1937, to June 14th. 1937. Issues. Charges related to actions before Senate. Ruling on termination date of appointment. Chronology. Petition received May 11, 1937. Referred to committee May 11, 1937. Committee report June 14, 1937. Senate vote June 14, 1937. Result retained seat. Background. As a young man, George Berry took a job as a pressman. For the remainder of his life, he was closely associated with the interests of workers. In 1907, Berry became president of the International Printing Pressmen and Assistants Union of America, an organization that dominated his professional life for the next 40 years a Democrat who had run unsuccessfully for governor and U.S. senator, and who actively supported President Franklin D. Roosevelt's re-election campaign in 1936, Barry was appointed by the Tennessee governor in May 1937 to fill the unexpired term of recently deceased Senator Nathan L. Bachman. Statement of the Case on May 10, 1937, George Berry presented his credentials and took his oath of office. The following day, H.C. Lowry, a citizen of Tennessee, filed a petition with the Senate asking for an investigation of Berry's right to the seat. Lowry charged Berry with numerous irregularities in connection with various business and union activities. He claimed that Barry had been involved in a lawsuit regarding misuse of union funds, had failed to pay his taxes, and had engaged in chiseling business tactics. He also contended that someone representing President Roosevelt had urged the governor to appoint Barry. The Senate referred the petition to the Committee on Privileges and Elections. Response of the Senate George Berry immediately fired off a letter to the committee in which he denied Lowry's allegations. He explained that the episode over union monies had involved a 1917 lawsuit against the board of directors of the International Printing Pressmen and Assistance Union. At the time, Berry was actually with the U.S. forces in France. Ultimately, that legal action had been withdrawn and the costs assigned to the plaintiffs. Barry denied the charges regarding his business practices and insisted that he only negotiated collective bargaining agreements through recognized labor organizations. He scoffed at the idea that he had not paid his taxes and called ridiculous the suggestion that a friend of President Roosevelt had pressured the Tennessee governor to make the senatorial appointment. 
On June 14, 1937, the committee unanimously reported that it found the allegations insufficient to warrant Senate action. The Senate agreed by voice vote that same day, and George Berry retained his seat. Conclusion George Berry served until November 8, 1938, when a successor, Tom Stewart, was elected to fill the remainder of the term. Stewart, a district attorney general in Tennessee, did not take his seat until January 16, 1939, thus raising the question of the exact date on which Barry's term ended and prompting a subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee to hold hearings on the matter. The committee reported that, although a Tennessee law stated that an appointed senator held office until a successor was elected and qualified, the 17th Amendment to the Constitution took precedence over any state law. That amendment decreed that states could empower governors to fill vacancies by appointment until a successor was elected. In addition, the committee pointed out that Congress had passed a law in 1935 stating that the pay of an individual chosen in a special election to fill a vacancy would begin on the day after the election. On February 2, 1939, the Senate agreed to the committee's recommendation that Barry's term had ended on the day of Stewart's election, November 8, 1938. On February 6, Barry, who apparently still wanted clarification regarding possible additional salary due him, asked the Senate to reconsider the decision. Although his petition was referred to the Judiciary Committee, no further action was taken. George Berry, who maintained interests as a banker and a farmer, resumed his post as president of the International Printing Pressmen and Assistance Union of North America and continued in that capacity until his death in 1948. End of Case 120 and of Section 122.